Having students plan their designs when they're completing STEM projects can feel like quite a chore. Sure, you might be having them draw their ideas before they start building, but is there a better way? In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you five ways that students can plan their designs before they get into building their STEM projects. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. The inspiration for this episode came about from my own observations of my students when I taught K-5 STEM and in those beginning stages. Once we were getting the hang of the engineering design process for pretty much all the projects that we were completing together, I was having students plan their designs. But what I noticed with their plans is that their plans weren't very good and their plans weren't even helping them with the building process anyway. They were just scribbling something down on their paper just to say that they created a plan and, well, that's about it. Does this sound familiar in your classroom? I knew that this needed to change and that the plan is actually a really important step when it comes to thinking about your design. So I took a step back and thought about my classroom teacher days. I was a classroom teacher for six years before stepping into my K-5 STEM role. And I thought about when we were doing the writing process and how the planning stage is extremely important to pull out all of those ideas. So of course, you have ways where you are building background, and we were doing that really well in our engineering design process projects but the plan wasn't that great. So I tried and tested a lot of different ways to plan. And from there, we had way better plans that were actually thoughtful and helping students. And I even have a little story I'm going to share with you in a little bit in this episode where the students actually really like to plan more than they thought. So let's jump into these five ways that students can plan their designs You don't have to do all of these with your students. Pick and choose what works best, but I'm going to explain what these things are and how they helped out my students' plans. The first way that students can plan their designs is to just talk through their ideas. This is the quickest way to plan, and this works really well if you're doing one-day challenges. I didn't do this method very often often, but it was great when we were in a pinch and we were going to go through the engineering design process pretty quickly in our time together. One way that I did this is that I had to co-teach with our PE teacher last minute because she found out that school pictures were going to be in the gym and not in our main hallway that day. So my PE teacher and all of our classes for the day had to get moved to a new location, and I volunteered to have her and her classes 
come into my room and we could do a fun STEM challenge together. There were some simple building supplies for this challenge that students were creating a catapult to launch into a basketball hoop. I don't currently have a lesson for this, but I do have a video on my YouTube channel where you can actually see how we built the catapult. But before students built their designs, their catapult and the basketball hoop, they had to talk through their ideas. And that was it. That was their plan. We gave them a couple of minutes to talk and then they got the materials and then they got to build. That was all that we did. Funny enough, later on, a few years later, I had an interesting week with one of my fifth grade classes, and they were working on my Rube Goldberg ecosystem project, which is in my TPT shop. And we had a weird week where they didn't have the full five days in a row, and they still needed to plan their ideas, but I really wanted to actually get them to build. So I gave them the option that they could just talk through their ideas and then jump into the actual building. Well, funny enough, mind you, this is when I've had these kids for five years. I had had them since first grade. It was so interesting because I gave them the option where they just had to talk about their designs, but all of them ended up trying their designs anyway. So think about what you're doing. If you're really being purposeful in the way that you are having students draw their designs, they might want to do that anyway. But they did have the option to talk through it because again, we had a weird week, but that made me so proud as a teacher where the kids actually wanted to do a step in the engineering design process that they actually wanted to do. The next way that students can plan their STEM projects is kind of similar to the first one, but a bit more hands-on, and it's that students can gather their materials and talk about it, but there is a caveat to this. You don't let them have any sticky things yet, so no glue and no tape. The reason for this is really great where, again, if you are pressed for time, if drawing isn't an option, you're doing a quicker challenge. And this is really great for younger learners where drawing and labeling can be so taxing on them. Think about at the time of day, you might have your youngest learners. Mine were in the afternoon, right after my lunchtime, I believe after their lunchtime, and they were tired. And drawing and labeling every single time we did a project wasn't going to happen. The one time I did have kindergarten in the morning, we flip-flopped their times because of a field trip. They are different children. And you know, I love kindergarten so, so much, but they are completely different in the morning. They are nice to each other. There are kids who are friends I never knew were friends because all they do is fight when they were in my class. So this method, when you are gathering the materials and having them talk about it, is another great alternative. I did this one time, again, another co-teaching lesson with a kindergarten teacher, and they came into my classroom for a bonus STEM lesson, and we were doing a gingerbread man boat challenge. So they were doing a whole gingerbread unit in their class and reading different variations of the gingerbread man, and we talked about what if the gingerbread man was actually smart and had some building skills, and could actually build a boat to get away from the fox. 
I had different materials laid out. Those were the things that they could choose from. And we gave them a limit of five items that they could take. These five items did not include the gingerbread man, the tape, the water, the scissors, all of that. Those were not included in their count. However, they could gather five items with their partner that would help them with their gingerbread man design. Once the students grabbed their five items, they had a few minutes to talk about with their partner how they were going to use these items together to create their design. This was really great because while they were talking, sometimes students switched out their items because they might have grabbed something that wouldn't work. And I did add some items in there that purposely wouldn't work. I wanted to see if they could figure that out, like coffee filters, paper, things that would get wet and eventually sink. So once students had the time to talk about the supplies with their partner, then we gave them the sticky things, we gave them some tape, we gave them scissors, and then they could build their design. The third way that you can have students plan their design is probably what most of you are doing, but there is an additional step, and that is draw, label, and explain the steps in your design. Back in a guest interview that I had with Kelly Hogan, she talked about this where she actually has students write out the first few steps of how they're going to get started with their project. This is really great because this is going to help students be very purposeful with the materials that they're going to have and not be wasteful. She doesn't have them write out every single step of the entire project because, again, you do want students to actually get to building and not take the whole time to plan, but this is a really great way for them to be thoughtful and how everything is going to connect together. This is definitely the opposite of IKEA building plans. If you've ever bought furniture from Ikea, when you get the plans, all of the plans are in drawings. There are no words. I've heard different theories behind this as to why there are no words. And this actually makes my teacher, Honey, very upset because he wishes there were words. And so we actually have a plan when we build. I find the pieces and I tell him where to put them because I like reading the plans. But anyway, when you have students draw, label, and explain... This is, again, a great way for them to be thoughtful and why are they designing it the way that they are. The fourth way that you can have students plan their designs is adding on to the previous tip, but it's to create a shopping list. This doesn't work for every type of STEM project. This one is really great when you are doing makerspace projects and they have tons of materials to choose from. So let's say you are not keeping the supplies limited like I did for that gingerbread project, but they have open access to all of the supplies. Having students draw and label their plan thoughtfully, but also adding in a shopping list does add a different element to their plans because it is a plan. I always tell the kids, when I am going to make dinner, I make a plan of the ingredients that I need. And then I have to create a shopping list based on those ingredients and what I'm going to cook. So it's just like when you're building, you need to plan out what you are going to purchase. But this list isn't just a list of materials. It can be if you have younger students and you don't want to add in math. 
But for the most part, it's adding in the prices of each of the items, how much it's all going to cost, is there any money left in their budget, and how much they are going to spend. Back in episode six, you can hear all about how I use this makerspace money and menu in my classroom. And there's definitely a link in the show notes where I have it all set up for you, suggested price plans, and literally step-by-step-by-step on how I do this with my students when I get into deeper makerspace projects. This is also really great too, because if you are planning a STEM lesson and you need more elements of math, all students can benefit with counting with denominations of ones, fives, tens, and twenties. I don't add the fifties and a hundreds. You can if you want to have more change, but I have seen such benefits from this type of math with numbers within 20 and also doing a bit of mental math when they are checking out with me at the cash register. So definitely check out that episode, grab the menu in the show notes. It's all done for you. It's very, very helpful. And that was a huge game changer in my classroom. And also my supplies didn't deplete as much because students were being way, 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 way more thoughtful in the supplies that they were using and how to be innovative with the stuff that they purchase. And the last way that you can have students plan their designs And this is also building upon the last two steps. You can do all of these if you would want. I eventually did all of these leading up to this is having a rubric that students can base their plans off of. This rubric for planning isn't something that I use for grading, but really more for a self-evaluation tool to help students improve their designs. When I introduce this rubric to students, I like to compare it to when inventors are creating a patent to turn in so nobody can copy their designs. And in fact, if you're watching the video version, I am holding up an example. I found on one trip to Chicago, I was walking through the Chicago Midway and there was a little wooden shop that had all of these laser cut items. And something caught my eye. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what that is. It is the patent image of the Lego brick. And it is so cool. You can Google this, um, but mine's way cooler because it's etched into wood. And I had it hanging up by my 3D printers. But it's so cool and a great visual for kids to see because it's literally showing every single layer and every single element of the Lego brick. But if you look closer, there are a lot of numbers, there are arrows, there are little headings that say figure one, figure two. And I tell kids about this when I introduce this rubric that when inventors are turning in a patent, it's not just the drawings, but they explain every single thing about their invention so that nobody can copy anything from their design. And so all of those little numbers and arrows are referencing a huge document that is talking about each of those pieces. The students really like this example of a patent. It's a great way to get that little vocabulary and history lesson in there. But then I present to them the rubric that I have for their plans. And there are four different categories as to how their plans should be. And I talk about each level where they should be at for that grade level 
based on what's typical for that grade. And this has really been a game changer when it comes to their actual plans. Having this rubric that also has examples of like a sample project, because students who are rushing through their plans just to start building have really slowed down to make their plans even better. Also for me as a teacher, this helps me help them as to what they can do to help with their plans. I literally have a reference on the screen that I can point to and tell them, hey, you need to add this to your plan. You didn't do it. And then the students believe me because it's like the law. As soon as I hang it up, it's like that is the rules and that's what's going to happen. And so they will go back and modify their designs. This rubric and how I teach it and the template and what this rubric actually looks like is a new update in my STEM Teacher 101 course. So there is a whole module that I'm updating with innovative practices. And this is one of those ways where if you are looking to level up your plans and your student projects, I break this all down for you. And I also include a sample video of me teaching how I would actually teach this lesson to my students. So you can hear that language of how you can introduce it to your kids Or you can even just play that part of the video of me teaching it, and then you can just add in your own two cents while I am talking. This course will be linked in the show notes, and there's also a podcast version where you can listen to the audio on the go. And if you have this course, make sure to log in and check out this new update because this template is not even in my TPT shop and definitely something that will save you time and also level up their plans. As a recap, here are the five ways that you can have students plan for their STEM projects. First, students can talk through their ideas. Next is gathering materials and then talk about it, but don't let them have the sticky stuff yet. Third, students can draw, label, and then explain each step or just part of the steps on how they're going to build. Fourth is students can make a shopping list, and this can build off of that drawing and labeling. And fifth, you can build off the drawing and labeling and then build off that shopping list. Students can plan using a rubric. I hope with all these ideas of ways to plan, it's making this stage in the engineering design process way less stressful and also help students create meaning as to why this stage is important. Also, I invite you to join my STEM Teacher 101 course, where not only is this rubric lesson about planning going to be added in that module, but also this is a great course to help you build up your systems in your classroom or rethink the ones that you might be having, adding in those routines that are going to make a smooth flow of your classroom, and also find ways that you can plan different types of STEM lessons. The whole entire course is available in a private podcast, so you can actually listen to the whole thing on the go. You don't have to sit in front of a computer if you don't want to, and there are tons of templates and resources to help you be successful. You can grab that link in the show notes or find it at naomimeredith.com slash stemteacher101. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. 
Also, make sure to check out my website, NaomiMeredith.com, to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.